a song to start this talk and then uh, I told uh, Father Joe and, and uh, I said well, I hope something pops into my head and the only song that came to me was the song written by this woman that has been writing songs all her life she's 85 years old and last year she uh, presented this song at the Gospel Music Workshop of America. One more day, one more day, I thank God just for one more day, one The Lord has made a way, I thank God, just for one more day. Can you sing that with me? One more day, one more day, one more day, I thank God. I thank God just for one more day, one more day. The Lord has made a way. The Lord has made a way. I thank God. Just for one more day. One more time. One more day. One more day. I thank God just for one more day. I thank God. Just for one more day, one more day. The Lord has made a way, the Lord has made a way. I thank God, I thank God, I thank God. I thank God. One more time. I thank God. I thank God just for one more day. Amen. When we hear the phrase poverty of life, What image comes to your mind? Many people might think immediately of human beings in various conditions of wretchedness, hunger, helplessness, homelessness, mental or physical illness, 
abuse, imprisonment, friendlessness, abandonment, disenfranchised, marginalized, and the list goes on and on. We could all name something. So initially, we tend to think of a life of misery of some kind, victims of circumstances. We work hard to avoid these privations, to succeed in survival of the fittest, and perhaps to prove to the world that we are not victims. But for our discussion today, poverty of life has nothing to do with being economically poor or in need of social services. What then is poverty of life? While you are still recalling images of wretchedness, of want and privation, I would like to read a poem written by American poet Edwin Arlington Robinson, who died in 1937, 1935. The poem is called Richard Corey, and it provides a perfect example for us of poverty of life. Whenever Richard Corey went downtown, we, people on the pavement, looked at him. He was a gentleman from soul to crown, clean-favored and imperially slim. And he was always quietly arrayed, and he was always human when he walked. But still he fluttered pulses when he said, Good morning. And he glittered when he walked. And he was rich, yes, richer than a king, and admirably schooled in every grace. In fine, we thought that he was everything to make us wish that we were in his place. So on we worked and waited for the light and went without the meat and cursed the bread. And Richard Corey, one calm summer night, went home and put a bullet through his head. The poet wrote that Richard Corey had everything that made us wish that we were in his place. But apparently, he didn't have the one thing, in fact, the only thing that really mattered, a fulfilled life, a fulfilled life. His final action dramatically displayed that truth. But if we look at all the people watching Richard Corey, the poem states that they went without the meat and cursed the bread. But we know, too, that they were bereaved of the fulfilled life because 
they wished they were in Richard Corey's place. Poverty of life is one based on appearances and appetites, not enduring substances. Substance. It is rooted in the disorder of the ego, which inevitably leads to illness and sometimes even death of the soul. In an ego-driven life, we fail to realize who we really are. And thus we sadly imitate our, initiate ourselves into a life of seeking that which does not satisfy, which is real poverty. Such poverty seeks many things but not the joy of service. It could never reflect the posture of Jesus, who could say in all honesty, you call me Lord and Master, and right you should, because that is who I am. But I am in your midst as the one who serves. Richard Corey, despite all his opulence, all of his wealth, and all of his natural grace, was very poor, and his life of worldly value, but emptiness of soul, ended in tragedy. It was an aborted life one that never reached the fullness of life intended by the Creator. Which brings us to two essential questions. Who are we humans? Who are we humans? And how do we live out our humanity so as to avoid poverty of life. That is, avoid a kind of aborting of life. Scripture tells us that God created human nature in his own image, after his own likeness. What does that mean? St. Thomas attempted to answer the question in his great work, the Summa Theologica. He wrote that, like God, we have free will that allows us to be self-directed, self-determinate, and we have an intelligence that gives us the power to know reality and to create experiences reflect on them, abstract from them, and recreate them. That translates to a powerful human being. But by themselves, these gifts do not express the full creative intent of God. They can be misused and abuse. 
to be the reflection of God who created us. These gifts must lead to fulfilled life. Anything less, anything less, is poverty of life. A fulfilled life is a life surrendered to the will of God so that it completely and accurately reflects the image of God. I'm going to say that again. A fulfilled life is a life surrendered to the will of God so that it completely and accurately reflects the image of God. Got it? Got it? Talk to me now. This afternoon you got to ask questions. Keep you all awake. Who is this God that we must reflect if we are to escape the pathetic condition of poverty of life? Hebrew scriptures tells us that God is one. There is only one divine nature. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is God alone. Yet there, yet through the New Testament revelations, when Jesus directs the disciples, he directs them saying, baptize, baptize seekers, baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We are taught that this one God, this divine nature that makes God to be God, is expressed in three divine persons. With our best understanding of revelation then, we have come to know God as a plurality of persons in a unity of substance. So what does that say about us, about who we are? God said, let us make human nature in our own image and likeness. Male and female, he made them. There we have it. One human nature, immediately engendering a plurality of persons, like the one divine nature in a plurality of persons. When all humanity fell from grace, that is, our connection with God, through the disobedience of the first humans, God then restored the connection through the act of profound obedience and acquiescence to the will of God, which was the sacrifice of the divine Son. God himself made one with us in our human nature. St. Paul writes, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all the creation. 
a creation which reflects the nature of God. Baptized in Christ, we become once again united with God and called by God to be a reflection of the divine, uncreated life within the whole of creation. So the first step of the spiritual journey that leads us away from poverty of life is to reflect ourselves as the image of God by embracing the oneness of all human existence, a polarity of persons in a unity of nature. So important is this, that Christ, knowing he was about to return to the Father, emphasized this in his final priestly prayer. I pray, Father, that they all may be one as you are in me and I in you. May they also be one in us so that the world will believe that you have sent me. Eternal life is this, to know you, Father, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. He made clear to the disciples and everyone for all time that that the realization of their ontological unity would transform the world into the kingdom of God where all are one as he and the Father are one. That is how we become true children of God. And St. Paul urges us on in this direction by declaring that all creation is waiting for our revelation as sons. Is the realization of our oneness that makes present in us the kingdom of God. Poverty of life is characterized by individualism, exclusively denunciation of the other, and allegiance to systematic separations as expressed in such divisions as gender, race, dogma, social class, nationality, etc., etc., etc. Therefore, poverty of life is lived in opposition to the unity of which Jesus taught. St. Paul affirms this as well when he wrote, For those who have been baptized in Christ, Christ bringing all reality, both human and divine, together in his person, there is neither Jew nor Greek, Greek nor Roman, slave nor freeman, male nor female. For you are all one. In Christ Jesus. You are 
a new creation. This is life in its broadest and holiest expression. This is the wealth that neither worms nor moths can get at and consume. And only such unity has the power to eradicate the cornerstone of which poverty of life is constructed. But that's not the whole story. This one God, this one divine nature that makes God to be God, finds its full expression in the plurality of persons whom we have come to know as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father is not the Son, nor the Holy Spirit. The Son is not the Father, nor the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not the Father, nor the Son. Each of the three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, each has a unique charism, which expresses itself in a unique function. We characterize the Father as the Creator, the Son as our Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit as our sanctifier. Isn't that true? Therein lies the next step of the journey in our call to escape poverty of life and embrace fullness of life. We recognize that this one human nature of creation expresses itself in each individual person's uniqueness. Each of us is defined by a unique energy. A unique energy field that produces in us a particular charism. From that charism flows talents and gifts that leads us to our special call. Our mission as a unique creation that expresses the infinite creativity of the uncreated God. In other words, y'all, we all unique. Got it? That's why God created us. To be unique. Not the same. I wouldn't want two of me. Could you imagine what that would be like? Anything less than that is pale imitation. Some say imitation is the highest form of praise. You've heard that phrase. But that's not so. Rather, imitation is poverty of life at rock bottom. Our set of unique gifts are inscribed in our DNA. Despite our place among the millions and billions of individuals who are bound into oneness by a single human nature, no two of us, not even identical twins, are exactly alike. 
the infinite, infinite creativity of God is revealed in this uniqueness, which defines every living being. If we are to escape poverty of life, we must discover our unique potential and work to actualize it. I'm going to say that again. If we are to escape poverty of life, we must discover our unique potential and work to actualize it. Profoundly aware of the oneness of nature, we then are called to place our actualized gifts in the service of the whole. The common for the common good for our common humanity. Just as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work together to bring about the fullness of the creative plan, any other pursuit, such as wealth, power, influence, or notoriety, leads us to an impoverished life, an aborted life. And that is full-blown poverty of life. We never will become who we are and who we were intended to be through imitation. But by contemplation, we begin to obliterate our darkness through the light of the Holy Spirit, who scripture tells us, prays in us with unalterable groanings. Surrendering to that light, scripture tells us, they shall all be taught by God. Through all the days of our lives, this divine connection keeps us in the shelter of divine love and aligns our gifts and talents with the will of God. This age-old and proven practice, this life of contemplation, leads to a life of purpose. The deepest fulfillment of our humanity and the fullness of life. In this, we are responsible to do our part. We must become fully pro-life. We must become fully pro-life. Our current vision of pro-lifers are those who focus on unborn life and the abortion of that life while still viable in the womb. But much unrecognized abortion goes on after birth from the first breath of life until the last breath of life on earth. During that span of time, between birth and death, every action that we perform that alters or obstructs the realization of our personal charism or the actualization of our unique potential is an act of abortion. 
I wish pro-life conventions would take that statement and meditate on that for the whole convention. They would have an agenda that would make everybody worn out from the journey, but energized to speak about life at every level. Because all lives matter. Centuries ago, Moses asked God the question, Who shall I tell them sent me? And God said, Go and tell the Israelites, I am who I am. As creatures made in the image of God, we too must find our unique charism and actualize our unique potential. We too must reach to the point in our journey when we can say, I am that I am. And that I am, for each of us, is in some way unique, is in some unique way an emanation, a replica of the incarnate God. That I am is a replica of God. Do you believe that? So many things lead us away from this pursuit. Most especially, we are led astray by embracing and endorsing the values of an unredeemed society, by living to satisfy the various physical and worldly appetites, our greed, lust, envy, jealousy, avarice, slothfulness, gluttony, wrath, and so on. That, like the onlookers in the Edwin uh, Robinson poem about Richard Corey, makes us wish that we were someone other than we are. Never satisfied, forever searching in all the wrong places, in all the wrong spaces, and in all the wrong faces. Too easily, we buy into the mindset and value system of a society that is summarized by Mahatma Gandhi in his list of seven deadly social sins. We practice politics without principle. We seek wealth without work. We engage in commerce without morality. We pursue pleasure without conscience. We display education without character. We give service without humanity. And we attempt worship without sacrifice. When I think of poverty of life and those who have brought me, kept me, and taught me the fullness of life, I think about those God 
has put in my path of life. The orphan boys at the Sisters of Mercy compound in Kingston, Jamaica, who showed me the beauty of non-possessiveness and the joy of living an uncluttered life. The seminarians of Zambia, Africa, who showed me what you are is God's gift to you. And what you become is your gift to God. The football player at St. Augustine High School who awakened me to let go of the need to control the, the future. The inmates at Vacaville State Prison in Vacaville, California, who tested me and assured me that I had the right stuff for ministry in the Catholic Church. The basketball players at Our Lady of Lords Gym, who recruited their girlfriends, made a choir, and evangelized over 500 souls at Sunday worship. Gang members at Hales Franciscan High School in Chicago, who awakened to the value of formal education over street degradation. The children at St. Vincent de Paul's School in Nashville, Tennessee, who were abandoned, precious gifts, needing advocacy and shepherding. The families at St. Joseph the Worker Church in Marrero, Louisiana, whose faith and gospel values rose above the racism that they endured for years. The Catholic community of East St. Louis, Illinois, who bore the test of abandonment and economic deficiency, professing even still today, we have a testimony. the impoverished students that attended Quincy University who rooted themselves where God planted them and reached out in mission work across this country. Poverty of life is a means to becoming fully human and fully alive. And thus, we live and die Victims of poverty of life, or we seek persistently the will of God through prayer, reflection, and contemplation, and yes, sacrifice. Look poverty of life in the face, and then choose fullness of life. God wants that for each of you. And I do too.
You have been listening to the Notre Dame Seminary Podcasts. Notre Dame is a Roman Catholic seminary and graduate school of theology located in New Orleans, Louisiana. For more information, log on to www.nds.edu.